Welcome to a football show here live from the Cast Collective studio in the heart of Nashville on Music Row. Of course, that is thecastcollective.com. His name is Zach. My name is Braden. Welcome to the product. Of course, if you have any questions about a football game that will actually take place on Thursday evening today, put them in the comments. And this is why you listen to the show and watch the show live. We will ask all, answer We'll ask those questions. We will answer all those questions, of course, live today we on the show. We may ask our own questions. We have many. I have many, we, we, and we will attempt to answer them. We will also hold ourselves accountable because we've got some stuff today. We'll talk a little fantasy football about this Titans offense. we got some quarterback battles in the NFL. Revisiting our football. takes on fantasy football for May 31st. Yes, there you have it. So now that we've seen some camp, and obviously there was some fantasy news, yeah. kerfuffle with your boy, uh, of course, uh, over the, the, during the course of this week. So we'll touch on some of that stuff. Because we know that he directly that that kerfuffle with the where basically the irresponsible reporting by Mike Herndon <laughs> of paulkarski.com uh, uh, noted Traylon Burks hater no, noted Traylon Burks hater has tanked Traylon Burks's fantasy value since May. And that is a direct correlation to the Mike Herndon effect, which I think is wonderful because then I can get him at a steal during the draft process right. when we when we go to our draft uh, coming up here in a little while. So also, we're going to have a fantasy league for you guys as well. So stay tuned on that. I know a few people have already asked. They would like to be in the league. There's a few of you that have been grandfathered in, so we'll do that process as well. But get involved in the comments there. And, of course, we'll preview the, the game coming up this evening. For those of you listening after the game. Actual football game. Oh, thank, thank the good Lord, baby Jesus. Uh, after the, If you're listening to this after the game, which what's is... What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you, one? It's certainly possible. We are going to hold ourselves accountable and try to predict the names of the players we'll be talking about on Monday's show when this rolls around and we come back on live. Now, before we do any of that, of course... So we're going to have a fun show today. Quarterback battles in the SEC and in the NFL. Uh, lots of fun. Special thanks, of course, to one of our title sponsors, the Kingston Group. That's buildkg.com. If you have any questions about your house, any renovation issues, any concerns at all, if you're buying a new home, make sure you talk to the Kingston Group. Need a new kitchen? Do you need a new office? Call the Kingston Group. Buildkg.com is the website. Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. I have said that a few times. But if you'll notice, there is something new on the set today and it is definitely zach's t-shirt but look at this beautiful piece of art back here weiss liquors also our title sponsor of course so make sure you check out weiss liquors the closest liquor store to the nissan stadium to the titan stadium you can go to uber eats order booze right off of uber eats search weiss liquors it will come right to your house in approximately 20 minutes i suppose you could order it to your office if you want to try that go for it but really just to the house what's the line you can drink. Let them drive so you can drink. <laughs> you almost got it. I almost got it. But you can drink you so they can it. drive. And if you drive by and you pop in, just tell them 440 cents. Just say 440 at the cashier register there, and they'll give you 10% off. So tax-free booze over at White Slicker. And this beautiful, cool new painting right here behind me on the set. If you're watching on the YouTubes, which of course you should, and as an old man, I call it the YouTubes. And I will say that due to supply chain issues, not with Weiss Liquors, but with Skinny Girl Margaritas, I was sorely disappointed <laughs> that they do not carry Skinny Girl Margaritas. There's a Skinny Girl Margaritas shortage. That that sounds like an epidemic. It is isn't. It is. It is very concerning, and I hope that everything gets fixed soon. Biden, what are you doing? Solve the problem. Thanks, Obama. Solve the problem of the Skinny Girl Margarita shortage. Supply plain supply chain issue. Where does that get imported from? Is that an imported uh, product? There? I don't know. I'll have to I'll have to research. Digging. Yeah, do some reporting uh, on that uh, there. Uh, so again, quarterback battles in the SEC, quarterback battles in in NFL football. We'll do some fantasy talk about this particular team, but of course, we've got to talk about the Titans game against the Ravens, Chicago, Illinois. So Austin, you don't Huff, say the you don't say the S. At Austin the end. Huff, bring me 
skinny girl margarita. Send me some skinny girl margarita. Austin Huff, send him some skinny girl margarita from Illinois. Yeah, there's a there's a brain fart. It's fine. And where are we we're at Cast Collective Studio. We are. And what about Cast that they have? I walked in some more new stuff because they had a, a new, new, new shit everywhere. New, a new background. They're they're hiring a lot of employees, but come many to find things, out, many people are talking about it. This is not just a podcast studio. Did you know that they do videography and photography? Well, we are technically on a camera. Yes, right now. But I said not just studio stuff. They oh, do oh, yes, yes. videography and photography. Please listen to my words because no. we're doing a show for the next 45 minutes no. together. Well, I'm a, my wife will tell you I'm a bad listener. It's fine. Um, no, they, listening. they are, I need to work on it. It's thing I'm dealing with, okay, yeah. in my therapy sessions. So Cast Collective does a private event space, of course, if you want to have a little private event. If you need to do some videography, some audio production value, uh, Aaron and Sean and the team here at Cast Collective, they're great. So check See them out. See how good this looks? Look, your, look at this. Your event could look this good. Look at this. It's amazing. It's spectacular. Now, that white sign is just, I love that thing. All right. Uh, St- St- Stony Keely, a painting of one of the most iconic signs in Nashville history. A plus plus decor. That's right, Stony. Only A plus plus content here on a football show. Okay. So we're going to hold ourselves accountable by giving you names at the end of this conversation that we are predicting will be the names that we are talking about on Monday. You don't know my names. I don't know your names. We're going to get to them. But Unless you just looked at my sheet. I did. I would never do that. Don't cheat. But, but Malik Willis is not allowed to be included in that list. That's true. Malik Willis Players is not Players besides, you know, the obvious ones like, oh, Turlon Burks or Malik Willis or Chico Conquer or Kyle I, Phillips. Like, yeah, we know that you're excited for those. Anybody with half a brain is excited for those. Don't put out polls on those guys because those guys, that's another shot at Mike Miracles. Oh, I'm going to get in a bunch of, bunch of them today. Damn. Don't don't worry about those guys. Let's let's get some refreshing new players to talk about. Yes, which we you and I are going to have. We're going to make predictions on the, the players we're going to talk about. First, let's talk about Willis. But first, let's talk about <laughs> Willis. Because frankly, I'm not wearing, I don't know, you can't tell because it's under the table, but I don't have pants on right now because there's a football game. Woo! There's a football game. And so the pants don't fit right now, Zach. That's a, too much information for everybody in the offices around the around the corner here at the gas collective studio. Um, let's talk with Will. Let's talk about Willis. Cause this is the thing that people want to see. It's the thing you want to see. I want to see it as well. W- how do you define success in preseason game? Number one for Malik Willis. I think it's uh learning what you see him do in adjustment wise in the game. Right? So basically I look at it from this viewpoint, there's going to be a bunch of rookies playing a bunch of people that we haven't seen play in a while. Maybe Caleb Farley, Rashad Weaver fall in that category for you. You know, Dylan Raines does too, but there's going to be a lot of people that we have never seen play before. So even if the Titans lose, what is successful for these players, right? Because some people define it as win-loss records. If we talked about it on a, a football and other F-words, which can be available anywhere that podcasts are sold on this. this sold. Uh, sold. We're, we're selling podcasts. We're selling now. podcasts. Listen. It's a loose episode today. It is. Football's here, baby. Football's here. I'm, I'm just everywhere right now. But we talked about it saying that, okay, if he threw a couple interceptions, that's okay because he can learn from it, right? And the only way you learn from it is if you make in-game adjustments. Now, word on the street is that Ryan Tannehill is not there. Shocked, so, shocked I, by that. Well, I think... Is he a leader? Is well, he a mentor? I think it's interesting that the Titans chose not to bring along the vets and uh, or allowed it if he requested it just because he could be on the sidelines. I think Mark Sanchez was on the Colin Cowherd. Mm, okay. Was on the Colin Cow- Cowherd show. I don't care about. Talking about it was an actual the one clip I will ever say was good <laughs> on Colin Cowherd All right. was this clip and he was talking about how great it was to have Mark Brunel kind of call the plays or he actually 
called the plays while Mark Brunel was on the field. So gotcha. obviously Logan Woodside can teach. We've se- we've seen reports of him teaching on the sidelines, but I think it would have been nice if the Titans would have brought along at okay. least Ryan Tannehill. Th- is it a big deal? No, it would no. just been a cherry on top. But it's all about the in-game adjustments for me. If he goes out there and he makes a mistake on one play and it causes an interception, I want to see that play ran again in this game and see him yeah. execute it. I, I, I like that a lot. I think the... To me, like the the baseline of this, and this goes for all these guys, especially the ones that we know are starters uh, of the very few that might actually get reps. I think Caleb Farley is one of them, of course. Yeah. Um, the left, the right tackle position, we'll talk about. But like the guys that, like the key is get reps, put put up some tape, hopefully good tape, but teaching put, tape, put up some tape, and and then get out of the game healthy. Like that's really the number one goal is to get reps, put together your tape, and then get out of there. But I'm with you with Willis, and, and I think. Pat O'Hara said this, you and I've talked about this, like he's good off rhythm. He knows how to run around and make plays. I want to see the throws. Like you just said, make the throws, even if they're bad so that we can learn from them. W- there's going to be a wow moment where he runs around and does something special. And we're all going to go, Ooh, like, yeah. it's going to be great. And we're, and we'll all be very aroused by it. But I think w- what matters is how many times is he throwing in rhythm? How many times does the ball go where it's supposed to go as, as far as which decision he made to throw to which player and then we can learn after that. But I want to see him make the throws. And I, I think there's going to be a couple passes knocked down. Um, this will be my prediction for Willis. He's going to have one or two spectacular running plays that where the people are screaming, get down, get down, get out of bounds, get down. There's going to be one or two where it gets knocked down. He's going to have a couple of bad throws. And then there's going to be a couple of throws where you just go, that's it. Right. That's it right there. That's the throw that he just made from the right hash on an out route across the field to the opposite hash. And it got there on a on a dime, and and I think I, I think it's going to be a mixed bag. Don't overreact. Well, it's kind of like of uh, we, when you do tape. the orange and is it the orange and white game for yeah. for UT fans? Yeah. You know, when you have the redshirt freshman come in and play a couple snaps in that game, it's like it's about the future, right? He the term that I've seen Bleacher Report use, but now also Jeremy Fowler of ESPN use is redshirt year. He's a redshirt quarterback, so you got to approach it as. He's a he's he's a freshman. He's a freshman. Yes, yeah. And I think what you can tell is he's got a good head on his shoulders. So any mistake that he has, he'll be able to, you know, just shake it off. And the Titans are happy with his progression. Not happy enough to ditch Logan Woodside and go no security net, you right, know, right. underneath them. But I think when you at the end of the day, that's what you're looking for at this game is just looking for the the plays that you knew Malik could make. Let's look at the plays that we knew that Malik couldn't make coming into the draft process and see what he does with those plays. And, and honestly, to that exact point, honestly, like I don't know if we're going to learn how much progress he's made tonight or on Thursday night. I think by preseason game three is when you're going to yeah. see like we're going to know, oh, he hasn't corrected that mistake. Oh, he has corrected that mistake. So I don't think anyone should overact to anything they see tonight, good or bad. It's almost about the tape compared to the next tape and the next tape and the next tape. Well, you know, everybody's going to overreact to everything. It's, it's 2022 and there's Twitter. I got it. Uh, Sophie, by the way, says she's watching us live from California. Keep up the good work. All right. On Monday, we learned we were international. We are clearly coast to coast now. Yep. There's no question about that on a football show. Hemisphere to hemisphere, possibly. <laughs> That's sure. Uh, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big equator guy. Yeah. Uh, Kevin uh, says if there were multiple away games, it'd be one thing, but the next two home game, next two games are at home. So it's a cool benefit to stay home all the way through that. That's a valid point to just have them never have to travel. Yeah. For like the first three and a half weeks of, of, of the preseason is not a bad idea. Then you got the home game to the yeah, home yeah, opener. Yeah. So week one. Uh, all right. So, Anything else on Willis? Are we good on Willis? I think so. 
Okay. Because again, again, if you want more Willis talk, we talked a little bit more in depth on some of the other things that you should set your expectations for on football and other efforts. So are we going to learn anything about any position battles on the starting lineup? for the Tennessee Titans at all. I don't think about as far as, okay, if Dylan Radins gets to start today, does that mean that they view him as a starting right tackle? No, but I think you will get answers on who's ahead in the competition, who looks the best. And that same goes for Jamarco Jones has apparently put together some good, pep, uh, some good practices, according to Jim White at go. Tennessee Titans.com. But then again, nobody's watching. So maybe when everybody's watching night, he goes back down and sucks. So we'll see. We'll see what he is. Uh, so, so you think we'll we'll get an actual view of some of the left guard competition, some of the right tackle competition. But other than that, I think the vast majority of the position battles that we are going to see in game one and probably game two to some degree are wide receiver five, six, and seven, our yes. cornerback four, five, and six, our defensive lineman five, Corner, six, and seven. The back end of this Hunter. roster and the cornerbacks are going to get a lot of work. No Roger McCreary today. Uh, no, I assume no Christian Fulton. I would assume, yeah. And I would assume we the know no is. Elijah Molden. So we know it's yeah. Caleb Farley, Shakur Brown, Trace Willing. Uh, do you want to talk corner? Do you want to talk DBs yeah, then? We can talk about DBs. Because I think DBs is one of the great areas to, to focus on because it's a huge, it's Shakur Brown, it's Greg Maben. It is, uh, I, I like the, the Swilling kid a lot. It is all those guys that are going to be battling and going to get a lot of reps. I, yeah. I, I am curious about how much you want to see Caleb Farley. I know we all are desperate to see him. I'm good with knocking the rust I, off. I think the Titans are having him travel for a reason, not for one drive or two drives. What, what, at what point? I think he's a full half player. What series does Zach sit up in his chair and say, get him out of the game? He's healthy. He's done the reps. Get him out. What's, what's the, Ooh, How many possessions? Against the Ravens. How many possessions? I I would say I would need to see five possessions, which should amount to maybe a half in a preseason yeah, football. Right. So if, so if he's in this in the third quarter, you're screaming at the yeah, television. Yeah, yeah, I get, don't want him out in there in the okay. third quarter. I would go probably more like three to four possessions. So okay. I don't, so not too far, not apart. too far off. But it also depends. Like if you get twelve plays, yeah. and a lot of reps, then maybe you're good. And the coach, that's the other thing. Coaches do that. Like yeah, if all of a sudden. Raidens is on the field for a 12 play drive and they're running the football right every single play. And it's probably, yeah, that also probably, factors into it. How, how long right. the, the drives are probably Julius chestnut, right? Going off right, yeah. right tackle there. Uh, here's the other thing. And uh, I'll give them the, the Justin's credit for this on the music city audible, check out the podcast everywhere they're sold, um, which is a new t-shirt for us. I think we should have. Yep. Um, I don't want to see, and this kind of goes for all players. I don't want to see one drive, one drive, one drive on, one drive off, one drive on, one drive off. Like what they did with Woodside and Barkley last year. I I think that's counterintuitive to get anybody getting into a rhythm. Yes, give give if MPF starts, give them give them a quarter. Yeah, if it's Raiden that starts, give them a quarter, and then give the other guy the next quarter. Like whatever you're doing, just give it some time. If it's if it's going to be four total series. Give one, two, and give the other one, two. Don't be going back and forth. I, uh, again, one, one of my players coaches, but, that I think we'll be talking about on Monday oh, plays at this position. So I think we should just go ahead and just weave them in. Just want to weave them in? All right, your first guy is in this cornerback group that you are guaranteeing we will speak about yes. as a star, a star player. A, star player. a, a noteworthy performance. Yeah. Shakir Brown. Okay, I like it. I think he's going to have the ample opportunity. He's been doing. He's been making at least one play that has everybody talking about every day at practice. True. He's going to have a lot of opportunity to make some plays against lower level talent or talent probably near his level. Okay. So I think he'll probably walk away. I may even make the bold prediction. I think he walks away with an interception. Oh, I like that. I like that. I do love this cornerback battle. Like this is you know Chris Jackson. I expect. uh, I'm assuming he's going to get plenty of reps, but yeah. 
you look at the the defensive backs in general because you also have a rookie in Theo Jackson. You've got AJ Moore, who's a new player to the team. You've got uh, both you know Chris Jackson, Maben, Shakur Brown, like all these guys, and they're kind of all battling for like two spots, especially at corner. With no, knowing that the guys are the starters are going to not you know right. Bayard Hooker and Fulton should not be playing. Molden's out. McCurry's out. There's there's space yeah to, to play. So I think I do think we're going to see a lot of corner. The other position that we're going to see a lot of is wide receivers, mm-hmm. and we know the top four are pretty set. Um, I think the top four are pretty clear, and, and that I think in, top five is, and that includes Burks and Phillips. And I, I would agree who, with that. Who Burks is what wide receiver six corner reports? <laughs> he's got a, he's going to have a have a nice day today. If he plays well on Thursday, Traylon Burks might he be may, may, make, might crack cut. the top six. I, I think I think but here's the question about Burks and Phillips. Honestly, they are clearly in the top four right now, in our opinion. How much do you want to give them? How much lather they need they need to experience NFL football, but but how much at this stage is a is a big question for me. Yeah. Uh, we got a we got a question about how do we know McCreary is out? Uh, that is from picking reading the tea leaves yes. now buck may have reported it on his show he he told me that he was trying to he didn't think he was there but i didn't get to listen to his show today and then jim white also alluded to the fact in his article now J- jim white mccreary yeah. has missed a few practices yes. according to reports so yeah. there's a good chance he's not there he may be there not dressed out but and may not play, but he may be there on the sidelines. But I don't think they're going to risk playing him in a preseason game one if he was on stationary bikes just a few days ago. I feel like this is a pretty fair assumption. If you don't know if a player has traveled with the team and reporting that one way or the other, no matter who you are, there's a pretty good chance that it's not worth the risk. Yeah. So we, we and, and again, McCreary being as mature and as evolved and as polished as a player as he is. Again, this is the same thing with Molden. I'm not worried about Molden missing this time because I think he's kind of he's already and he still I could be him. there. He just may not right. play. That that's right. I think I think he may still be there on the sidelines to learn, but he may not play. No, I think the Maben Brown, Chris Jackson, that group, and then again Farley, number one. We, I want to see, but I don't. Yeah, again, three to four series at the okay, most. So wide there. receiver. So we're sorry, you got us off track. Yeah, it's all good. Um, I, the, the the how many series do you want from Traylon Burks? How many do you want from Kyle Phillips? I actually want to see more Burks and less of Phillips, if that makes sense, because I think Phillips is kind of like McCreary. You kind of know what you got. I mean, reports coming out of camp that basically we haven't quite figured out a way to cover him yet. Now, that's the Tennessee Titans defense. Maybe the Ravens defense figured it out with no tape. But (laughs) I think that in the end, I think if if Traylon Burks was going to play four series, I think Kyle Phillips maybe plays two. I think that's fair. I think that's because, probably I mean, more than. I think they want to see Mason Kinsey, and I think they I, want to I, see these other guys a little bit more. I think you're over. I think it's like two, and, and two I, series was, for both, and that's it. I don't think he. I don't think he'll play for. Okay. I, yeah. I, I was just using that as an example of division, and I would say they're both out there for the first two series with with Willis, and then they're out. I think it also depends so on how the series goes, and I think that should be a caveat for everything. If it's run, run, run. That's true. And Traylon Burks is only in there for really one play, then they're not going to see enough. I think. I think they're going to want to at least get a, you know, a, I think they want to target Traylon Burks three or four times in this game. I would go. Okay, so I would I almost go targets more so. How much long do they play? I mean, so Kyle Phillips probably gets like two targets, but I think three or four for Traylon when Malik Willis is yeah. in. I don't know if Logan Woodside can target anybody besides Jeff Swain. I. I <laughs> <laughs> Poor Logan Woodside. Um, all right, so here's what I would like to see and what I hope to see. And if we come in on Monday, I hope we're talking about. 
a wide receiver set of Des Fitzpatrick, Racy McMath, Mason Kinsey, and Josh Malone with some Reggie Roberson mixed in. I want to see those five guys targeted as many times as possible in as many different situations as possible yeah. in as many different routes as possible with both quarterbacks. I want to see those five guys throwing the football all game long. Well, Racy McMath, you will be talking about that on Friday. That's your or on Monday. Number, so two? Ra- number two is Racy McMath is going to be the star. I think that Malik Willis, Reggie Roberson, and Racy McMath are going to okay. connect on multiple deep passes. Big, big deep shots. Big deep shots. Big I deep think shots. they're going to. I think they're going to throw in a lot of deep shots while it's preseason game one, and you why can. Not? And why not? And I think they're going to want to get Racy McMath comfortable in a game throwing the deep shot. And I think the other one's going to be Reggie Roberson, but that's not my like guy we're talking about. I gotcha. So I, I'm I screwed up uh, again. Hold ourselves accountable here. I screwed up because I. Um, didn't work my name in that I'm guaranteeing. And that is, I saw you peeking just now. Uh, Theo Jackson is a name that we were talking about on Monday. We are talking about Theo Jackson as um, the guy who flashed on film. You know, that phrase, he flashes on film. He's going to, they're going to play him all over the field. I think he plays for a bunch of series. I think they're getting him used to a lot of different positions, going up with a lot of different matchup, like tight ends in the slot versus high point safety versus man-to-man coverage and zone cover. Like, I think they're going to use him a lot. And I think we're going to go, you know, that Theo Jackson dude can play ball. Yeah. <laughs> like Kind of like Elijah Moulton. I think he's very much like Molden. He's a little bit more athletic and a little bit more. Molden space, put but, together one of the best preseasons yes. I've ever seen a Titans player put together. I I think they are very similar in skill set. They're slightly different players, but yeah. I think they're similar in what they want them to do on this defense. Theo Jackson is a guy I'm, I'm guaranteeing that we are talking about. Okay, give me give me two more. Your other two names will end it on those two names. Well, we got we got so much many so many more. What about? Ryan Stonehouse. Are we going to talk about him? Are we going to talk about Chig Conklu? Talk- are we going to talk about... Uh, well, of course, we're talk- we already talked about Chig. All right, so let's do front seven real fast, and then we'll yeah. wrap it up, because that's where my guys are. Um, I think De- Demarcus Walker, Jaden Peavy, Merch, Lawler, Strong, uh, Haskell Garrett. There's a lot of positional right. battles at the back end of the defensive line we're going to see. And I think... I think Jaden Peavy is the guy we're talking That's about. That's my last guy. Okay, so we're, we're in agreement? Yeah, we're in agreement on one. Jaden Peavy is the guy, 72... That when we come in here on Monday, we're we're talking about the debate for the end of the defensive line group, and I'm going. Everyone's going to go. That Jaden Peavy dude, we noticed him. Yeah. Um. And I don't know how early, how many early reps he's he gets. He's just so big; it's hard to miss a guy like that. He's very active. Yeah. He's very active. Uh. Donnie says, "Do y'all think Malik will get the full second half?" Um. I don't think it's a first half, second half. We talked about this on fo- football and other either F words or the football show. I'm not sure, but it's check out both of them. I want to see a quarter and a quarter and then a quarter and a quarter. Yeah. And I'd like to see them alternate with with some ability to get rhythm, but then alternate. Does um, Woodside start the game or does Willis start the game? What would you do? I think I would start Willis. I would let's, throw let's Willis get, out there. Get spicy. I think I would throw <laughs> Willis out there. You know what they'll probably do is they'll do Woodside for one series just to be like, we're playing it safe. Yeah. And then Willis will be out there for like, you know, four or five straight series. Um, so this goes to Jacob, his comment in the in the, in the, in the section there. Uh, my other guy, Chance Campbell. Chance Campbell is a guy we're going to be talking about because, frankly, this middle linebacker position gets worse and worse every day. Dylan Cole is out. Monty Rice is not playing. You know that Cunningham and Long aren't going to play. This is going to – you could see like 60 snaps from Chance Campbell. It, it may be bad, I, but I think you're going to see a ton of reps from him and, and maybe, I guess, Jack Gibbons now, or Joe Jones. I, I don't know. I, I think I think you will, but I also want to say that last year when they kind of had a murky linebacker depth that they were pulling in safeties in the box. So yeah. I think it was uh, Jamal Carter was playing a lot in the box, and he had a pretty good uh, preseason. So I wonder, with them signing two safeties this, this week, not only is it for just yeah. bodies to have ready to play the game, but I wonder if, 
those two guys are going to fill in a little bit at linebacker as well. Yeah, I, I agree. So Chance Campbell, Jaden Peavy, and Theo Jackson, three young players, three first-year players, all on defense are the three guys that I'm claiming. If I was going to put a main name into this conversation, yeah. Jacob Conku is the guy we're going to talk about who is already sort he, of established He himself. should get the snaps, yes. right? Uh, have the snaps there to make some plays. Briley Moore, I guess, would be be one of those guys that he actually was showing up before he got injured uh, last last offseason. But I think Chig has the path to snaps. And I think that's really key when you're talking about preseason is, is how many tight ends are, do they have available to play and how many snaps are the people going to uh, get? Quickly, everybody remember Makai Sargent from last year? Yes. Just want to remind everybody of that name. Julius Chestnut is this year's Makai Sargent. And I do, I do want to see something from Haskins. I do think Hassan Haskins yeah. will get some reps early in the game. Uh, I know you poo-poo Jordan Wilkins, but I, they like him yeah. a little bit more than some of these other guys. I he, think he's, he has poo-pooed himself. <laughs> Evident by like him being like uh, where he's at in his career. Sounds like a personal problem. All right, are we done with the game? We are. So guaranteed names, Shakur Brown, Racy McMath, and Jaden Peavy, yep. Theo Jackson, Chance Campbell. Hold us accountable if you're listening, if you're watching. We will come in on Monday and tell you how badass we were. Or how dead oh, wrong. I will tell you tonight. Dead wrong. <laughs> you'll be on. You'll I'll be on Twitter at, taking my parade at Edwards at Edwards Pod taking victory laps. Yes, every single day in the sewers. Uh, all right, let's go to fantasy real quick here. We'll talk a little fantasy football uh, about this team after a couple of weeks of camp, seeing the depth chart. What do we think about where this team? Because it it, uh, we, it stems from May thirty first. I actually wrote down what I said. I went back and listened Ooh. to the show and wrote down what I said, and I kind of want to see where everything landed since then oh so it'll be interesting to see okay start off with ryan Tannehill. let's start with ryan Tannehill because i was looking at a lot of different rankings of his and this is the beauty of fantasy football like you consume all the rankings and then you have to make your own choice your own board is critical to make your own big board uh when it comes to your fantasy rankings and i've seen ryan Tannehill anywhere from 20 to 24 in these rankings and while i am not going to stand here and say that he's going to be a fantasy starter i think that ranking is pretty stupid well He's been stupid. at least a quarterback 12 in every season he's played with the Tennessee Titans, including when he only played half the season in 2019. And right now, I said back then, back then he was in the 14th round and he was quarterback 22 when we talked to him May 31st. Okay. Now he is in the 15th round as quarterback 24. And so I said stupid. that he's easily going to finish a quarterback 12 this year. I don't care what anybody thinks. I think he will get the quarterback 12 because he's, his interceptions are going to be less. So that's a starting fantasy quarterback. That, he is a starting fantasy quarterback. I disagree with that. I, I think that's ridiculous. Look at what he did last year, and he was a starting fantasy I, quarterback. I hear you. I, so I, if you think he's going to be change. better this year. Yeah, he, other players change. Yeah, but you're, you're talking about, you because you, you said beforehand, you would draft Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, no, no, Trevor no, Lawrence, definitely not Mac Jones. Sorry, Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun yeah, Watson Jones. possibly over Ryan Tannehill um, without ta taking out Watson's stuff because you you consider Watson undraftable based on his moral stuff. So I yeah, I mean that's a personal choice. Yeah. If you if you're yeah. if you're in it to win it and very cynically and you think he's going to play 12 games, then you draft, especially in a keeper league, you draft Watson. But so here's quarterback 10, 11, and 12, according to just ESPN's rank. I'm just using yeah. ESPN just for the sake of it. Joe Burrow, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford. He is not going to put up... Now, Matthew Stafford's arm issues aside, let's say he's healthy. He, he is not going to score more fantasy points than those three guys. Now, is 24... 24 is absurd. 24 is stupid. I would have him in the... Like, Derek Carr, to me, if you're looking for a steal of a quarterback, Derek Carr is ranked 14th in rankings right now. 
I would take Derek Carr as a starting. I think that good dude's going to throw the ball everywhere and going to put up huge numbers with a bunch of dudes. I would take Derek Carr before Tannehill 10 times out of 10. So I'm based on the value that I, that's, I kind of agree with that. I don't know what round quarterback 14 puts him in, but in my mind, I'm thinking if I can wait all the way to the 15th round to get a quarterback like Ryan Tannehill, then what I'm looking at is how good is my team going to be at the skill yes. position players? Because I waited to get Ryan Tannehill. And is there enough, does Matt Stafford, what you get with Matt Stafford, make up for what, what you yeah. get with the rest of your roster? So here's here's the strategy I'm de- I would deploy. If I can get Derek Carr at QB 14, which to me is stupid value, I'm coming back the very next round and taking Ryan Tannehill. Does that make sense? Like If you're waiting to 14th round to draft your quarterback, and you can go Derek Carr and then Ryan Tannehill back-to-back, so you've got one of the worst quote-unquote starters but maybe the best. What's backup. his actual ADP, Derek Carr? I, I don't have that. In, I don't have I, that. Uh, actually, you know what? Maybe I do. Um, no, no, no ADP here. No ADP. But I, he's got he's got him. ESPN has him behind Carson Wentz. <laughs> I can't. I can't do that. It's just. I, I can. It's ridiculous. It, it's kind of. It's kind of ridiculous that the only two quarterbacks that are being drafted that are worse than Ryan Tannehill are Baker Mayfield and Jared Goff, which Baker Mayfield yes. is being done higher than. Uh, Jared Goff, which I think is kind of crazy because I think Jared Goff was having a good good year last year in comparison to what what you want so, for fantasy. So if you're looking at Derek Carr, he's being drafted in the ninth round. So you can wait six rounds technically based on ADP to get Ryan yeah. Tannehill. So then I, that's where I would do. I would I would I would wait on not rounds eight, nine, and ten to get my starter, and it would be in that. You know, Russell Wilson, Matt Stafford, Derek Carr, Trey Lance, Kirk Cousins category. And then I'd come back and get Tannehill even later, five, six rounds later. And I think that would be one of my better quarterbacks. The point is, is 24th best quarterback in the NFL is statistically insane. It's it's ridiculous. It's that that just goes to show that if you're in a Titans heavy fantasy group, you don't get these advantages. Yeah, don't, so yeah, so yeah. if you got to be in a group that is spread out far and wide with different allegiances and stuff that because people do not pay attention to the yeah. Tennessee Titans, we we know that, right? Recent history even shows that the people that cover their team don't even know where Traylon Burks is and then <laughs> you, and then and then the national guys will t- run with it. So in my <laughs> he's mind, a, he's running with the threes. Yeah, so in my mind when you're if you're playing with Tennessee Titans centric Nashville based league, you're not going to get him in the 15th round, which I think you're fine with. Yeah, there's plenty of other good quarterbacks that right. I think are going to put up better numbers. So, like, I, I think that's fine, which speaks to the number one of the one of the top rules of fantasy football, which is know your comp- competition, right? Know who their favorite teams are and know who what players they love. I'm in a league with like my dad and brother and cousin who are all Packers fans. So, like, I know that they're all going to overdraft Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers. Here's the thing, and this has been a hot topic on the radio, and why I think Ryan Tannehill will be quarterback, at least a starting fantasy quarterback, is because everything inside the building points to a, a technically a more uh, aggressive, a more uh, assertive Ryan Tannehill. And, and, and offense, I, frankly. And, and the offense is better around him when okay. he finished quarterback 12 last year. <sighs> I, I would I would put a I would put a bottle of whiskey on that he does not finish as QB twelve or better barring injury yeah yeah injuries injury makes it a yeah. new point a moot point or a moot point um 
All right, Henry versus Taylor. Where what what running back is is Derrick Henry on your list? I still think he's he he went from running back two back in May third May thirty first to running back three. So Christian McCaffrey, everybody's okay. starting to buy into the Christian McCaffrey hype, and they're I I Are you? I'm to the point no, I'm to the point, and I said this on May thirty first that I am not drafting Christian McCaffrey. I'm going to let someone else do it. I yeah. I will take the risk that Christian McCaffrey gets injured. And then ha- I'd take the risk of him exploding on someone else's team yeah. and having the high risk of him getting injured on my team. Yeah, you can't miss on your your, your top picks. No. So um, to me, Derrick Henry is still running back to, I think, Jonathan Taylor and half point PPR and regular point PPR yep. is is the guys, the consensus number one. I do worry about Naheem Hines being a factor because even if he's lined up in the backfield and Naheem Hines yeah, is... A lot of touches. We, we've seen... That Naheem Hines, they want to get him involved. Go back and look at the Philip Rivers season, Jonathan Taylor's freshman year. They were taking Jonathan Taylor off all the time. And they did that in games last year, too. They took him off and put Naheem Hines in for a long time. So reports are they want to get back to more Naheem Hines. How much does that really matter? Probably not enough. Do you think that that some of that happens with Derrick Henry this year? No. So I think that based on reports coming out of it and what we've seen there's a reason he's not practicing in full and taking all these hits and taking all these reps and he's kind of chilling in the offseason because i think they are going to basically run him like they normally do this year and i whether that's a good thing or bad that was a lot of usage in the first half last year i think that with the team being a little bit better around him as well as far as i think i think the run blocking is going to be a little bit better this year i think the run blocking is fine it 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 is the thing that like everything, every time we ever have any conversation about anything, it all comes back to like, well, no, but how does the right tackle on the left guard going to be? My, my, I'm looking at I it. Love Derek. I'll take Derrick Henry's RB2 and yeah. I'm fine with that. I, I think that he looks healthy. He's going to have something to prove too. Because, you know, he heard probably all the Jonathan Taylor MVP talk and, you know, he's got comeback player of the year. Okay. He looks a lot better. The thing is, Tony Dews even came out and said, if you take 15 reps off of him on August 4th, why not? So that he's not going to play the entire preseason. Yeah. So there's more reps coming off of him. So to me, Derrick Henry is your running back too, and I feel safe taking him over guys like Nick Chubb. I feel safe taking him over Christian McCaffrey, the, these other named running backs. Yep. When really, you should be asking yourself: Do I take Derrick Henry or Austin Eckler? Do I take Derrick Henry Derrick, or Najee Harris? I would take. Oh God, I do. Love, See, I, I mean, Najee but Harris. Austin Eckler is a is a force in the passing game. Oh, I love Najee Harris. So that's where you kind of look at it. It should be between those guys, not between Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb, not between Derrick Henry okay. and Christian McCaffrey. So to me, McCaffrey, Chubb, down a peg because of injury. I know yeah. this is going to sound hypocritical because Derrick Henry got injured last year. I get that. But I think he's more injury proof over the course of his career than those two guys. Uh, Harris, I'm knocking down behind Henry because of the quarterback situation in the offense, uh, even though we know that they feature him. Eckler's an interesting one. I could see Eckler... It's with a that offense, decision if you're right there could, that in the second spot. Because then you also yeah. you got that second spot. You can go zero running back strategy because you have guys like Cam yeah. Akers, which is continuously being disrespected. DeAndre Swift's of the world. Uh, DeAndre Swift. I'm not big DeAndre Swift. Okay. I'm just saying he's going to be yeah, a second there, or third guys, round pick. Like, yeah, there's guys you can get later, and you can go Devontae okay. Adams. You can go Cooper Cup. You you can I, go those other receivers, Stephon Diggs. How, how do you feel? Uh, like This is an interesting situation because I had this is a true story. My two favorite teams in the NFL are the Packers and the Titans. Just in general, my goal every year as a football fan is to see them play in the Super Bowl. Like, uh, that's my goal. I had Devontae Adams and A.J. Brown <laughs> last year my fantasy team. They have both been removed from my yeah. two favorite teams. How do we feel about, like, 
hate drafting someone. So then in case he does, this is my theory, in case he does go off, Adams will, in case A.J. Brown does go off, you hate that it happens, you hate to see it because you don't care about him anymore and he's on the Eagles, but don't you want to hedge your bets and gain something from him going off if you've got him yeah, on your fantasy I, I'm team? I'm all, all right? for that. Like if, if okay. you know, I used to do that with Colts players like uh, Peyton Manning. I hate Peyton Manning, but hey, if he's going to come in and beat the Titans, I'm at least getting three touchdowns out of it. I've drafted Chase at least so many years in fantasy baseball because I fucking hate the guy. Yeah. I just hate the guy. He's a terrible human being. Go Mets. First place, baby. Um, all right. Uh, so right now, according to ESPN, Traylon Burks, 48th wide receiver. And Robert Woods, 46 wide receiver in keeper leagues. Oh, so Burks is way undervalued. So in half point PPR from Fantasy Football Calculator, which is constantly updating all the time. So Ooh, fantasy, I, like I use fantasyfootballcalculator.com. Shout out. So Burks went from wide receiver 33 on May 31st, being picked around the eighth round, to wide receiver 55 now being picked in the 12th. What? And that's all because of Mike. I'm <laughs> I am I am determined to believe it because that is wild. I looked at that. I cannot no believe he's sense. drafting it in the being drafted in the 12th round. Meanwhile, Robert Woods was wide receiver 41, so just a few spots below what Burks was. And we talked about it on the show. I said that I think Woods is the better value. If I'm taking a if I'm taking someone in the eighth round out of those two guys, right now I'm taking Robert Woods. So it's corrected itself. So it's corrected itself. So now Woods is in the eighth round. And you know, I'm looking at it, and even Field Yates of ESPN Fantasy, he even says that Robert Woods may be the most disrespected player in the fantasy no, draft because, to me, camp reports are coming out about essentially that he and Austin Hooper safety valves when you kind of look at it. You know, Robert Woods is just a dependable guy. He should be ready. He's obviously not going to play, but he should be ready for all intents and purposes. And I him think not, him not having a knee brace has got to be part of the, the moving up the list, yeah, right? Like, I, and I think that the people are just overreacting to yeah, trail on Brooks in general. Yeah. yeah. And because when you look at it, he's still the second in Dynasty, which we were going to talk about a little bit later. But in oh, Dynasty, he's wide receiver th two. So my, my main he's league the is the third overall pick being taken right my, now. My main league is a keeper league, and you can only keep 36 players total in the league so each team keeps three players so you're always looking for value like this year for example i've got debo samuel in the 10th round i'm keeping him right i've got Jalen waddle in the 13th round i'm going to keep him i've got justin herbert in the 20th round i'm going to keep him so like those are my three keepers in my in my deep keeper league where all these running backs like you know Najee harris was a first round pick last year you know that kind of yeah. thing so it's not dynasty but like i will be taking trey Burks in our keeper league and it'll probably be and again everybody's league is different so it's hard but it's probably in that seven eight range somewhere in there around seven or eight i i, th I, I would still, take him ahead of woods see i i i would in a keeper league i think but i would still try to if i'm looking at woods and burks on the board and i think that i could still get burks later on down in the 12th range That's then fair. i'm gonna stick with woods in, in the eighth and and have Traylon burks be kind of like the either trade fodder or be the guy that comes in for Woods later on down the so, road. At wide receiver 34, in theory, that puts him as a starting top three receiver in a 12-team league, obviously. Which makes sense. I think that's about right. I think I would under... I don't want to depress the numbers a little bit with Robert Woods because I love the player. I think he's a better football player than he is a fantasy player. I think the things he brings to the Titans team, some of which don't count in fantasy, the blocking and the leadership and the culture and all that other stuff. Well, so that, that's why I'm that's I look why I'm at it this way. The Titans are one of the best of the last three years of red zone offense. And when you're getting in the red zone and as at a high rate that they are, they now have players like Hooper and Woods and Burks and, and Nick Westberg, Kine and, and Kyle Phillips. Now that's a lot I of got, mouths my to guy, feed. I got Chig. That's a lot of mouths to feed, 
but I think that Hooper and Woods are going to be the main benefactors of red zone offense passing. So when you have that added in, I can see that maybe he's never going to get you a hundred yard game, but he could get you a 60 yard, one touchdown, 60 yard, two touchdown performance almost every week. I I think maybe not a touchdown. No, no, no. I I think the four receptions, 60 yards, one touchdown every other week is fair. That that gets you into why that gets you the value. You're getting the value out of Robert Woods that you need when you're drafting the third wide receiver to start on your team. Man, I don't. That may maybe even at that point your fourth or fifth wide receiver. I do think there's an interesting discussion about how do they distribute the football in the red zone because they do get there quite often. Yep. Hooper, I think, is the number one difference from last year's That's team to this year's team. That's where I worry about Derrick Henry's production coming. Is you think it comes from Henry though? No, I well, I think that what's ha- going to happen is that they're probably going to use more of a passing attack in the red zone uh, and okay. have less Henry That's unless they're really at the goal line. That's what I mean. Like instead of yeah. 18 touchdowns where those extra four or five go, you're saying they're going to Hooper. Yeah. Maybe going to okay. Hooper, maybe going to, cause I think, you know, Chig. The, I think it's Chig. I think, I think, listen, Chig's going undrafted in both, it's Chig. in both. This is something I want do want to talk about, but Hooper, by the way, is still a tight end, went from tight end 25 to tight end 26. So he's actually dropped. He's in the 14th round. If you're in mandatory tight end, wait until the 14th round and draft Austin. Yeah, Do not 100%. draft tight end before that. 100%. Unless you're unless you are one of those guys that loves having like the guy and you go yeah. in like the third or fourth round or fifth or round, Travis Kelsey or something. Like the guy. Yeah. Otherwise, I agree. And I honestly in my keeper league and hope none of my people are watching this like for the first time I've ever said that, like I I will be taking like round 23 and 24 because we have a very deep league. I'm I'm taking Chig on my squad because yeah. I, I like Hooper is not a long term solution. No, Chig is going to be the guy, and so, I, I think he could score three or four touchdowns. When this you're year. when you're looking at dynasty, only three tight ends, and we'll switch off to dynasty yeah, so, now. Okay, so unless you want to talk about uh, Randy Fatball, now nah, I'm good. So, um, you, you know, when we're switching dynasty, three Titans players have been drafted in that's in a, it's typically a third round rookies only draft. Okay, so you're talking about. Traylon Burks is wide receiver two out of all the rookies. Who's number one? I didn't write that down. Uh, <laughs> Willis is actually quarterback one being drafted, but he's being drafted in the third round. And then okay. Haskins is running back 12 being drafted in the third round. Okay. But Kyle Phillips is not being drafted in Dynasty. Chigo Konku is not being drafted in Dynasty, which I what? think is absolutely ridiculous. I'm almost tempted to draft Chig in my regular I know, league. I know. And Phillips. Yeah, and Phillips. I think late, that's late, all late, late. crazy. No, I, I I can't believe that. I want to know who the number one receiver is. I don't, I don't know if I can't imagine it's um, yeah, either, the, it right either, either the Ohio State guys. Um, yeah, maybe it's uh, maybe it's Drake London. I don't know who the, the Drake t- London. Drake London is number one. Okay, it goes. I, Brees Hall is the first overall yeah, pick, typically. Then Drake London, then Traylon Burks, and Kenneth Walker, and then Jameson Williams, Chris Olave, Sky Moore, Christian Watson. Which, by the way. If you're drafting, listen, if you're drafting Christian Watson over Romeo Dubs, you need to to get out. I do like the Georgia running backs, Samir White and James Cook. I, I think love, both those guys. Are I am drafting someone out of that list. <laughs> I can't can't t- to give away my secrets. It's so tricky doing fantasy yeah. content when you know your people in your league are watching. <laughs> but I think that eventually with the news coming out of the Jameson Williams, I, I Christian Watson is just too high to me. I, and I think I, I think Sky Moore is way too high. I think George Pickens should be above both of those guys. And I think Romeo Dubs should be both if, against both those guys. If Pickens is right and he is focused. George Pickens could be way high on and that. And Wondell list. Robinson, I think Love that, that guy. listen, I think the Giants are making a huge mistake. And I'm glad the Titans are playing them 
you know, the first round or the first week because they're starting Kadarius Tony and Wandell and kicking Darius Slayton to the curb for whatever reason. I'm all in on that. Yeah. You start your little your little fellas at wide receiver. I think I, I, I like Wandell Robinson a lot. I know you we did this show back in the draft. Yeah. I love Wandell Robinson. So they, I will say this the Giants' talent level is very different than what it was last year. Yeah. They they I I, I was talking to one of the Giants reporters. They very different from last year, which brings us to you want to transition right now yeah. into some quarterback battles? We've got some news in the SEC. We'll get to that uh, in a second. Um, quarterback battles in, in the NFL. Here, here's the one thing that I would say about the Giants. There is a 0% chance they are trading for Jimmy Garoppolo. They now, do not, why, they why do not want him. So, number one, Brian Dayball and, and Daniel Jones. Like Daniel Jones has not been given a fair shake at any step of his career. Well, they're trying Whether, to give him a fair shake, but it ain't working. That's well. I also the camp thing. I people can overreact to what they're seeing in camp. I think his skill set. Don't overreact to this. His skill set, big six five, two hundred thirty pounder who can run a little bit, is very similar to that of Josh Allen's. He is not even close to Josh Allen, so don't at me. What I'm saying is, is that Dayball is going to use him like that, and in that process, they're going to use those little receivers and get them out in space. Tony is special if he's cares about football right <laughs> he's a special player robinson is about his size they have pieces that i think are better than before they have a system that's better than before and jimmy garoppolo is not better necessarily than daniel jones there's no reason for them to trade an asset Ooh. that could walk away they, they have i'm i'm just telling you i have talked a little, to, a little iffy right there i that have comment. talked to somebody i've talked to somebody that's talked to people about that i talked okay. to somebody who talked to people he said there's not a single person in the Giants organization that has any interest in, in Jimmy Garoppolo. Not I, one person. I think that's interesting, but I also I also look at it this way, is that it's not necessarily about a belief in Daniel Jones as much as it is about a belief in next year's draft class. That's exactly what it is. I totally agree. It is, we have Daniel Jones for this year. Let's see what we can do with him. Yeah. Let's run him into the ground if we want to, because Dayball ran Josh Allen into the ground, does all the time with that offensive scheme that he's got. Let's run Daniel Jones into the ground, see what happens. Let's use all our little weapons. They've got a now they've got Evan Neal. They've got Kayvon Thibodeau. Like they're a better football team than talent wise, but they are very inexperienced. And so that's why I think the Titans mutilate them in week one. But it is diff, it is, I think the Giants finally have a head coach that's decent, and they're going to then solve the quarterback problem either at the end of the year or in the draft. I, this either is either the quarterback problem solves itself this year or they're going to exactly. take it into their own hands and do it next so year. So why spend capital on Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, and, and I agree. No and sense. I think that's the thing about Jimmy Garoppolo in general is that he's not very good at football. Yeah, I would rather the same thing. What do you think the, the Seahawks are doing with with Drew Locke? Yeah, see, that's the thing. The thing about this is, is that I think Seattle or not Seattle, I think San Francisco got a little too full of themselves about the value that Jimmy Garoppolo mm -hmm. brings. And I think that they use the injury to say, well, teams won't trade because of the injury. They want to see how his throwing arm works. I mean, it's the NFL. I think his throwing arm is going to work out. It's because nobody wants Jimmy G at the price that you're wanting to get rid of him at. And so I think now they're going to be stuck with Jimmy G. I, I, I don't I, think, I don't know where you trade him at. They're going to barring an injury from let's say, no Trey Lance know. in camp or something. Yeah, I mean you have to have a couple of injuries for his, another team to want to trade for Jimmy G when they can know that he's probably just going to be cut next year, right? I I mean they can cut him right now though too. And what the problem is is if they do that, he probably does end up going to a division rival in Seattle, yeah. and then it, it ups the ante in the division. I here's the thing though, if I'm the Niners and I have already committed to moving on to Trey Lance, and I am Kyle Shanahan who is like 
one of the ultimate offensive scheme geniuses with a great defense and a good running game. Like, who cares? Right. Seattle's not scary with Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not scared of Seattle with Jimmy scary, Garoppolo. They're scarier with Jimmy Garoppolo than without him. Maybe, but like, the, I mean, the NFC sucks. I mean, well, let's talk about the Seattle quarterback competition, Garbage. which is which is doing a disservice to your fans. One of the best fan bases in the NFL, right? Yeah. And they're really seriously rolling out Geno Smith and Drew Locke week in and week after week and trying to make it a quarterback competition. And Geno Smith had his best practice. He went 11 for 15 and blah, 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 blah. Okay. Like, <laughs> give me a break. It's this Seattle thing. Seattle is like, if I had to choose an NFC, NFC team, it would probably be Seattle. I've loved Russell Wilson, okay. but like right. it goes back to Sean Alexander, okay. Tim ha or okay. Matt Hasselbeck, and some Bama, and, some Bama ties. Some, yeah, some Bama ties. So I love and I love the city of Seattle, but Seattle I have no, I have no desire to draft anybody in Seattle in fantasy football because I do not want to have oh, to yeah. watch a Seattle game. <laughs> it's bad, and, unless I'm watching the other team that they're playing. Against. I'm with you. I'm, I'm okay with that. It's and the same thing for Carolina. I'm out on Carolina players. I think that Matt Rule and um, Ben McAdoo are a match made in heaven. Co-starters. match made in hell. And this crystal, uh, I don't have a crystal ball in my pants or blah, blah, blah. Oh. But listen, <laughs> if if you don't know that Baker Mayfield is better than Sam Darnold, then you have bigger issues yeah, infesting kind of. and festering in your facility. And I'm so out on Carolina as an organization right now. I think they should be disbanded. And let's go ahead and disband Seattle too for for temporarily just you know so an infest, abandonment infesting and festering, festering both yeah. that's a really big personal problem yeah. I agree with you in general that if it's not Baker Mayfield I don't understand what you're watching at camp um, I think it's all I don't I understand it's all, what your front office is doing I think it's, all it's a relatively new front office right isn't this a yeah, new and ownership too it's it's all it's all gamesmanship it's now a, they do have better weapons. At Carolina, they, they got some nice pieces around the quarterback. If they can stay healthy. Seattle maybe doesn't have that, but yeah, we'll see. Um, all right, anything else in the NFL? Actual quarterback battles. I can't believe we're actually we actually have quarterback battles. They're just not on good teams. No, yeah, they're they're very disinteresting quarterback yeah, battles. That's true. Uh, all right, SEC. We had some news this week. Uh, Missouri named their starting quarterback Brady Cook. Will so be what do you starter. think about that? I, I think it's first of all what I love about um, Brady Cook in general is that basically Eli Drinkwitz, the head coach of Missouri, basically spent the entire offseason saying, if you're a quarterback, come on down and we hang out with us. One. The Steelers are in the midst of a oh, three-way right. quarterback battle. And, and, Kenny Pickett, Mark Mason Rudolph, and Mitch Trubisky. And apparently... Thank you, Jacob Sane, for, for throwing that in the chat. Yes, thank you, Jacob. Pause, SEC. Go back to the Steelers. Um Apparently very underwhelming too, according to reports, that it's, that it's nobody... Like Mason Rudolph might be the starter right now for Pittsburgh, which... George yeah. Pickens is looking great, but you know <laughs> I, I'm with you. I mean, they just signed. They have weapons. How can nobody look good? I, that's tough. I mean, I understand Mason Rudolph, but how can Mitchell Trubisky, after being with Brian Dable and looking good in preseason, be can't separate himself from either of these guys? And then well, I don't think I, I don't think who, Mitchell Trubisky is very good. So who, I'm not. well, who told you about Kenny Pickett? Who, oh, who, you mean did you? you I, say I said that Kenny Pickett yeah. is is not going to be very good, and it's going to be all about the landing spot. And talk it's about a team. Hands. Let me say something. Talk about a team that really should have drafted Malik Willis, like all the pre hype thought they would, because I think that Malik Willis would be pushing both Mitchell Trubisky and Mason Rudolph for the starting job. Man, I don't think Malik Willis is that close to being a starting. I don't know. I think but if you get him in the second round, more talent. Could you take in a better player with 20 right. pick and then gotten like Willis the in the second draft. round? No, I'm with you on that. I definitely agree on that part because Pickett is 
They should have um, passed on Pickett. I, I think all of the quarterbacks in this class are going to end up probably not being great, but there's a chance that the guy here might be the best one. So let's, we'll, we'll give you that. All right. Good, good, uh, good catch there, Jacob. By the way, um, speaking of catches on things we missed earlier, Donovan said, what about, I'm excited to see how disruptive Rashad Weaver is. He's in the same category as Caleb Farley to me yeah. on Thursday night. I want to see Farley and Weaver. Those are two guys that got injured in last year's draft class that I think have really big roles in this team that I want to see play well. So, okay. So back to Brady Cook in Missouri. So you, Good thing, bad thing. So I think it's good that you named him this early in camp. Okay. Always a good thing when the decision is easy. That is always a good thing for your team. But what's interesting about Brady Cook is that he, his head coach, Eli Drinkowitz, spent the entire season, offseason, saying, please come play quarterback for me. Yeah. Like, he tried to get Jaden Daniels. He tried to get all these transfers to come to Columbia. And he said, please come play for me. And Brady Cook looked at him and said, I'm just going to beat them all. And and even though Eli did that all offseason, Brady Cook just said, "That's fine. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to keep my head down. I'm going to put blinders on. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to going to compete. I'm going to compete." And then you know he played at the end of the year. I think it's good that it happened early. They've got a couple of younger players on that team that could be nice quarterbacks. Missouri's not a great team. They're probably not a bowl team. They're probably one of only two that's not a bowl team. But Eli's a good coach, and I think they're recruiting well, and they need to see some development at quarterback. So just keep an eye on that. If you get Missouri later in the year. Uh, you know, Tennessee, I think they, Maybe do. they could be clicking. They, the offense could be a little bit more dangerous. And so that's something to keep an eye on there as well. Hey, LSU's dropping hints at their quarterback competition. What have you heard about that? Or so seen about that? Garrett Nussmeyer is the wild card there. Jaden Daniels, the Arizona State transfer is there, of course. And then Miles Brennan, who's been injured and been there for like a thousand years, is there. It, Mike Denbrock, the offensive coordinator, says we need the guy that can do all the things. That is clearly Jaden Daniels. Yeah. If, if Jaden Daniels, the problem is the, the, the very next sentence out of the offensive coordinator's mouth is, but we need to protect the football. And that is also part of Jaden Daniels' problem. So I think they clearly want Jaden Daniels to be the starter. Uh, he's the most talented. So, so what you're saying is they need a perfect quarterback. They, they need mean, to I mean, like, they, yeah, right. like, like, we want a guy who yeah. makes plays. No, the, what I, <laughs> what, what they want though, is somebody like Jimbo Fisher at AM doesn't necessarily want the guy who runs around. Let's yeah. say, whereas this offense at LSU, they do want somebody that can run around a little bit. Well, you kind of look at Ian book, you know, kind it, of that, that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 So it, it's, that's going to be a fascinating one. I don't think we're going to know the answer to that question, and there could be some changes happening. Garrett Nussmeyer is the wild card because he's the one that could do it all and protect the football. He's just younger and inexperienced, so we'll see. But keep an eye on Garrett Nussmeyer at LSU. Auburn That's seems to be narrowing the field, right? They're going to have a scrimmage on, on Saturday. They're going to narrow it to probably two. It's probably already been limited to three, which is Robbie Ashford, TJ Finley, and Zach Calzada, the guy who beat Alabama last year. Sorry, Zach. Um, I think it is Finley and Calzada to start. I think Calzada wins the job and is the starter uh, from who I've talked to. And then the follow-up on that is that I would not be surprised if Robbie Ashford some at some point wins the job later on in the year, especially if things are going haywire on the planes, which we know tends to happen at Auburn later in the year. So just keep an eye on that one. That should be trimmed down to two players by the weekend, which again is coming up in a couple of days, and let, let's talk about the one of the most important battles in all of college football, mm -hmm. one of the most important season-changing, season-defining decisions that any team can make is resting over at Texas A&M. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think it is the single most important quarterback decision in all of college football because if they get it right and they pick Haynes King, who is the the second year player who was the starter last year who got hurt after two games or Max Johnson who threw like 27 touchdown passes last year and was pretty good. And again, was an LSU player last year. If it those, it's down to those two. If they get a guy that makes the offense go at Texas A&M, they could challenge for a playoff spot. 
They could challenge for an 11-win season and maybe sneak into the playoff. I don't think they're going to beat Alabama. But if they make the wrong choice, this team could easily be 7-5, and 8-4, and four, way underachieve expectations, lose to good teams in the West, and be a total dumpster fire, and people be very upset with Jimbo Fisher after all the offseason that he's had, <laughs> yelling at people and screaming at people, which I'm sure, <laughs> which I'm sure goes over quite well with my co-host yes. here. Um, so I, I think that is the biggest decision by any coach on any team in all of college football is picking the right guy to run that offense. And I think it'll be Haynes King because he can do more with his legs. And if they fit and it works, A&M could be special. If it's the wrong choice, I, A&M has lived their entire life underachieving. I don't, I don't know why more, this, more underachieving. I don't know why it would be different. I'll be happy. So uh, that, that's your update from uh, SEC as well as, all the way around uh, the NFL as well. Uh, Stoney says it's not SEC, but man, what is Wake Forest going to do without Sam Hartman? Um, how many people watching this show care about Wake Forest football? That's my question. Sam Hartman. I, I is saw great. this Sam Hartman thing trending, but I didn't Sam know Hartman why. Is great. I thought he was a soccer player or something. <laughs> Sam Hartman is a great quarterback. He's played like fifty games for Wake Forest. Got them to the ACC championship game. Uh, it is a non-football medical issue that he has to rehab. And from what I have been told is that it is not an off-the-field issue. Uh, it is a physical injury that happened in another situation. Um, I think with potentially, we'll call it an upper body injury. How about that? Yeah. Um, and that that's a really unfortunate thing because he's a really great player and it changes the dynamic of the ACC race. So uh, look at that, a Wake Forest question on a football show. Something I did not right. expect today. Never, never know what's going to happen in that chat. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, Stoney. For throwing it out there. Um, I think that just about does it. A special thanks to Weiss Liquors, of course. Check this out right here. This cool sign we got back here. Uh, Weiss Liquors, of course. Uber Eats. Search Weiss Liquors. They'll deliver booze right to your house in as quickly as 20 minutes. When you go into the store, closest one to the Titan Stadium to stock up on your tailgate, pop in, say 440, get your 10% off. That's basically tax-free booze. Uh, Kingston Group, buildkg.com, of course. Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. Do you have any questions or, or decisions, big ones, financial ones about your house? I don't know why you would not consult with the experts first before you make any of those decisions. That is, of course, the Kingston Group. Uh, Zach, where can people find you and where can they get involved? At FWordsPod, and you can get involved by going on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube and subscribing to 440 Sports, Broadway Sports Media, Football and Other F Words, Braden Gall, uh, at Braden Gall. On, always, you know, <laughs> easy there, soldier. Your uh, other stuff. But at Braden Gall, you turn on all the notifications everywhere that you find those accounts and be ready to jump in because it's going to be a uh, great Titans football season. It's going to be an interesting preseason. And I think it's going to be fun. I mean, everybody talks bad about preseason, but last year, because we were kind of robbed of preseason a couple of years yeah. before, was yeah. a great preseason to watch, in my opinion. I watched every game. It's way more fun this year. Yeah, and I think it's going to be more fun this year. Uh, it's going to be a, a ton of fun. And, of course, uh, if you want a special event or a small private event or some video or audio production, thecastcollective.com, which is the studio we are sitting in, this beautiful, awesome place that we do the show. Make sure you check them out on Instagram and on the webs, the dot-coms there. Also right here on uh, Music Row in the heart of Nashville. Yep. All that great stuff. Um, I think that just about does it. Do you want to, are you gambling on a preseason football game? I, I put down uh, two units on uh, plus 165 for the Titans to break the Ravens' uh, 20 game streak today. Just just like straight up win? Straight up win, outright win. Line. So, so I saw gambling, someone else pair, paired it with a minus 2.5 Giants, which I thought was kind of crazy to me. 
you're parlaying preseason football. So someone games. else did. I did. No, not you. I just yeah. mean anyone. Yeah. Craig. I don't know if he's watching, but Craig, Craig did Craig. it. Come on, Craig. That that is uh that's a that's a problem. That's a sign that you have a problem. You should seek help. Maybe listening to our show. Zach, thank you, man, for hanging out. Always a pleasure. We'll talk to you guys on Monday live, of course, right here on a football show. My name's Braden Golf. Thanks for hanging out. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the game. This has been Football Show.